You're about to listen to a message from Savannah Grace Chapel, Port Harcourt. May these words bear fruit in your heart as you listen. Hallelujah. Welcome to church this morning. Amen. Glory to God. This is the Sunday before camp meeting. Praise God. Glory to God. By this time next week, we'll be in Abuja. Amen. Uh, yes, my first morning session should have, well, let me see the morning session. I don't know how many morning sessions there will be on the first Sunday, but we'll be receiving the word and none of us will be sleeping. Amen. Uh, I'm receiving it for us in advance. I'm not talking to myself. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. For the past few weeks, we've been talking about faith. Last week, we talked about faith, but I did a little diversion, so to speak. Uh, I think it was a spirit-led diversion. Before we start this morning, let me just read something that Rev sent out this week. One of the things he sent out this week, he said, I'm on a campaign as we approach the end of the year for people to continue in grace. As things seem to get tighter, people are tempted to think that they need to work harder. Why this thing rang out to me is that it actually ran through my mind this week to work harder. Praise God. Working hard is not bad. Praise God. But he said, this is not what we've learned of Christ. No matter what, you have to continue in faith, in the grace of God. You have to be strong in the grace of God and not in the works of your hands. Second Timothy 2 verse 1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 5, 1 to 2. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We are standing in grace, not in the works of our hands. We stand in grace, rejoicing in our expectation of the glory. Uh, Jeremiah 15, Jeremiah 17, 5 to 8 says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusted in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord, for he shall be like the heat of the desert, and shall not see good, shall not see when good cometh but shall inhabit the patched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusted in the Lord, and whose hope and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The solution to hard times is not hard work, but Christ. The anointing upon the anointed. Amen? Glory to God. So, the solution to hard times is not hard work. If hard work brought success, then the most successful people will be people working at a construction site. Because I've not seen any work harder than that. Trust me, I'm a humble guy. I, I can do any work. But I cannot carry cement. No, it's not a pride thing. I won't survive past one day. <laughs> I know, but you are big. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> you know, um, you know this um, what they call pressure ball. Like there are these balls that they used to do exercise. You know those balls are big. But if you if you drop a ton of bricks on it, will you hold it? Uh, so being big is not everything. Hallelujah. Touch the bigness first and see what's inside. Hallelujah. But my point is that those guys work hard. But I've not really seen a lot of them you know, own million dollar companies. It's good work, but it's not by hard work, amen? So what Rev is saying, according to the scriptures, is that in these times, we must continue in this faith of Christ. And 
That's a lot of what I want to focus on this morning. I was supposed to do it last week, but you were blessed last week. Hallelujah. Amen. So, right track. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So, let me just start from the top and we'll just run down. Um, Hebrews 11 verse 1. Glory. So, let's bear something in mind that whenever anybody stands here to preach the gospel, it doesn't mean that the person doesn't go through things and challenges in daily life. Hallelujah. It's just that we don't share it too much unless we are sharing the testimonies involved because there's no need for you to share bad stories without you sharing the end of it. If I just come here and say, oh, well, you know, I'm not eating today. Ah, only God knows what I'll even eat later. <laughs> Open Matthew chapter 5. Do you understand? You're like, ah, brethren, are we, are we safe? It's good to actually give someone an end to it because there should be encouragement coming from the preaching of the gospel. Amen. If Jesus Christ said it is finished and he went into the grave and on the third day they came and they saw his rotting body, we're all in trouble. But it didn't end with dying on the cross. It ended with him raising on the third day. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, Hebrews. So I was, I had to binge um, the Wednesday series that Pastor Judy has been teaching. Praise God. Because I, it seemed, I, I assumed, I don't know, I assumed that Wednesday was the last or it was the fourth in the series. So I just, because I was just really going some, through some things this week and I needed to put my focus on God's words. So I was looking for which message. I was like, you know what? I've listened to two parts of it. So I said, you know what? Let me all binge through it. So that day I just sat in my parlor, you know, I just put the message and, and ran through the four at, at a go. Praise God. Wow. With assistance from Maxine. She almost did not allow me to hear what. But I just binged it. I just wanted to saturate myself with God's word that day, you know. So it's, the idea is actually to put your eye on something. So if I'm not putting my eye on the problems, I must put my eye on the Lord. Hallelujah. So um, Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I almost jacked past this message because I, it's here. See, it's here. This one is part one of the message. Mm, so it was my fallback plan. If I didn't have anything to preach today, I would have preached for the Jesus message. I've already jacked it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Honestly, you are my brethren. I won't lie to you. Praise God. So I might, I'll tap some things from there. Praise God. Okay, so in the New English translation, NET, it says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for, being convinced of what we do not see. Hope is very important in having faith. Hope is not wishful. It's not wishes. It's not I wish. No. Hope is a confident expectation in something. So when he's saying that faith is being sure of what you hope for, you have to ask yourself, what is that thing you hope for? The thing you hope for is not what you want. Like, oh, you know, I, 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 God, I, I need a phone. The thing you're hoping for is not phone. The thing you're hoping for is the basis for why you should receive that phone. So what your hope is in, is in what grace has made available through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So when he's saying that faith is being sure of what you hope for, being convinced of what we do not see, it will take you, I don't want to jump the gun, but it will take you back to what the scripture says is how faith comes, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Right? Because I was explaining this thing, one, one day me and my friends, when I was still based in Lagos, we were just really talking about faith and we are trying to understand this. It's not a definition of faith per se, but it's the best the best idea of a definition of faith is that this thing shows you 
that the implantation of faith doesn't occur when you have received the thing in the physical. You first receive that thing in the spirit before you receive it in the physical. This sureness, this certainty of a thing doesn't come because you have seen the manifestation of the thing. That's why the whole thing about Abraham giving his son, like what David was saying this morning, whether he told Sarah or not wouldn't have mattered. Is that over the 20-something years before Isaac came, Abraham had reached the point where he was certain Isaac is the son that was promised. Amen? Even though the seed that was promised was not Isaac, it was Jesus Christ, and Abraham already saw that, but God had also still told him that, see, I'm going to give you a son, and it's through this son that, that this lineage of the descendants will come, where that seed will come. Amen? So when he was going to sacrifice, you know, we, we've dramatized it, and it's good for drama, amen? An old man, oh, this son, and... Oh, he spent all night thinking, oh, how will I sacrifice this boy? This boy that the Lord has given me. Oh, I won't tell my wife. So people will say that they left early in the morning because they were trying to sneak out. They were not trying to sneak out. It was a long journey. There's really no need to wait till evening. I'm eager to do what the Lord has told me to do. And no, he didn't quarrel with Sarah. Amen? Do you know how I know? Because this is not the first time Abraham had given up his son to death. He had already sacrificed Ishmael before. You know how I know? When, the, when God told him to listen to his wife, Sarah, and drive away Hagar and Ishmael, he did so and gave them one day's worth of food and sent them out into the wilderness. And Hagar practically left Ishmael for dead. So the guy was dead to him. He never saw Ishmael again, I think. I don't think the Bible ever records that Ishmael ever, I don't know, I'll check, but so far from my readings, I've never seen that he and Abraham connected again. Hallelujah. God taught Abraham things over the space of 20 years. So the faith he had, that Hebrews records that he had given him up for death, knowing that God would resurrect him. It wasn't a one-day thing. Amen? It was that through the process of time, God had taught Abraham this, this faith. He had relied on God on certain things, and God had shown him that I am the one to be relied on. Amen? Praise God. So he gave up Isaac by faith. What was the faith? A complete assurance that this promise that the God has made that I will have a son called Isaac because God was specific about it. Remember, there was a time Abraham had practically said, you know what, uh, God promised me, maybe it will be this, um, what's his name, Eliezer of Damascus. Maybe he'll be the one that I heard today. And God assured him again. And that's why, that's where God cuts that covenant eventually. That no, I'm going to give you a son. I know what I'm saying. Hallelujah. So this faith is being confident. You are sure that this sacrifice of Jesus Christ has assured me of what I want. That's why if you're going to, if you're going to, when we say believe God, and look, there are some things we should know. There are some expressions we should be careful about using if we don't understand them. Don't use Christianese a lot. Amen? What I mean is that we say believe God a lot, but a lot of times we are not believing God. You, you can't believe God in a vacuum. There's a basis for believing God. And basis for believing God is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So, you have to ask yourself, if I'm believing God, what portion in the promise am I standing on to believe in? Abraham was standing on the portion that said, I will make you a father of nations. I will give you a son, not a Eliezer of Damascus. That was the portion he stood on and said, oh, no, this Isaac... But if I kill him now, God will raise him from the dead. That's what he stood on. He wasn't just being fanciful about it. I say, oh, you know, God is nice. God will allow me to kill my son. He possibly couldn't do something like that. Hallelujah. 
he knew because it was in his eye. He tried to make case for Sodom and Gomorrah. So, and if he can wipe out a whole city, surely he can allow you to kill your son. Hallelujah. So that's not what he was standing on. He was standing on what God, God had said. Hallelujah. So faith is being sure of what we hope for, being convinced of what we do not see. Faith is a biblical response to what grace has done. It means that faith is not wishful thinking. Faith is not, oh, I wish this could happen. Oh, if only I could. No. Faith is, okay, by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, I have health because the, the word of God says, by his stripes, I am healed. So it means that, okay, I'm feeling sick in my body. Um, I can, I can stand on my health because a provision has been made for it. By his stripes, I am healed. Amen? So my response is based on what Christ has done by grace. Amen? And also the measure of our faith depends on our knowledge of God's word. Hallelujah. It will be very hard for you to stand on faith for anything if you don't have the knowledge of God's word. Because first of all, how do you even know what to stand on? Imagine a lawyer going to court to argue a case and he has not crammed any cases. None of us... Uh, well, actually one lawyer in the house. But some of you should read law so that we can have more people to make reference with. Just for that, though, don't read law because you achieve, want to achieve something. Just so that if I want to make references, not only on QHR, use hallelujah. Praise God. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I just want to emphasize that. Don't go and do a second degree. Hallelujah. Praise God. But truly, it, 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 okay, let me, okay, well, I'll use a lawyer first. A, a lawyer wants to argue a case. Because truly, how they, my, my brother is a lawyer, so I, we went and we were on the same campus at the same time, and they actually cram cases. They cram it. It's not, they don't try to memorize it. Because that's why if you go to a, a lawyer's chambers, you all see, see fat, fat books. All those books are full of cases. Because they can make reference to it and say, oh, this case, if you recall, this, I don't know, I'm not saying it how they usually say it. They say my lord and stuff. Yada, yada, yada. Well, according to Johnson versus Johnson, 1983, this blah, blah, blah. And then according to Obiapo versus blah, 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 in 1885. So they make reference to all those things. Now imagine if I was a lawyer and I was going to come to court and I've not crowned one case. And I'll come to the say, my lord, look, you know, it's not fair. You know, <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> they will know, the judge will find me in contempt. And he'll probably bring them, I'll bring, tell them to give me 50 lashes of cane. This why he's not even throwing your case out. It's an insult to the court. What is wrong with you? Hallelujah. I told someone in my office then that the law does not favor anybody. The law favors who can argue it. So it is better for us to live under the mercy of God. But yeah, I'm talking about, not, I'm not talking about the law of Moses. I'm talking about the law of a country. That so it's not, if you have a good lawyer, you can get away with murder. Amen. Yes. There are some people that have actually gotten away with murder on a technicality. They call it a technicality because it's something as simple as in the US, there's something they call the Miranda Act, where you have to um, say some things to a, a suspect before you arrest him. Like, you have a right to remain silent, anything you do. Or, there are some people that have gotten off because the police officer forgot to do that. The person was, uh, was guilty. They found knife in his hand. They found blood on his hand. DNA, everything. But just because the person didn't Mirandize that guy, he got off on a technicality. So the law is not in your favor. The law is for the favor of who can argue it. Amen? So that, now that lawyer is... Come on. You have to have those cases, right? Same thing with a doctor. 
I can't, uh, me and somebody have gone through school. Eh? He's in medicine and surgery. I'm in accounting. But yet, I'm always seeing him in all my accounting lectures. He's attending all my accounting lectures from first year to final year. Right? All of them. We just together, we go to eat together, we sleep in the same room. And then we all graduate, he goes, and they give him a medical license. Do you think I'm going to go and do surgery in that guy's hospital? And I'll now be on the bed, and they'll say he's the doctor to operate. I say, don't put the anesthetic, I get me out of here. Why? Because the guy has been studying accounting. What does he know about medicine? That you want to give him knife to cut my body? Hallelujah. He doesn't know anything about it. Same thing with faith. You can't operate faith without the word of God. Because the word of God is the basis for faith. Amen? So, that's why I said the measure of your faith depends on your knowledge of God's word. Let's look at this scripture. Uh, Romans 10, 17. It's a popular scripture. We all know it, but let's turn to it. Glory to God. Lucky, do we have NET translation there? Okay, I'll read it from here then. Just give me a normal. Okay. So, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Give me NLT. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, faith comes by hearing. That is, hearing the good news about Christ. The NET says, uh, consequently, faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes through the preached word of Christ. So it means that faith is coming by what you hear. Is it by what you hear on CNN? Is it by what you hear on Nigerian radio station? Is it by what you hear in the beer parlor or in the hair salon? Sorry. I'm using the two places where juice used to flow. Hair salon, juice flows for women. Beer parlor, juice flows for guys. Amen? You'll be so surprised how articulate the man can be and how authoritative he can sound in a subject when he's high on drink. I'm serious. He's suddenly the best coach in the world. He's suddenly the one that knows what he could have done differently for them to win that match. Praise God. Also in the hair salon is where the woman... Practically is a marriage expert. Amen. If that woman had left at that time, that thing would have happened to her. Hallelujah. That's not what you're supposed to hear. He said it comes from what is heard. And that thing that is heard, he qualifies it. He said it comes through the preached word of Christ. So don't get it twisted. What you're supposed to hear is the word of God through the preached word of Christ. That's how faith comes. Amen. That's how faith comes. So, it means that if you are someone who says you want your faith to grow, you cannot be paying attention to anything else apart from the word of God. Does it mean you shouldn't read your normal books if you are in school? No, of course not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that your focus and your, your, your motivating factor in life has to come from God's word. You must know God's word as a matter of life and death. Amen? It means that if I'm sick in my body, it has reached that point of life and death, right? I should pay more attention to what the word of God says about my health than what I find on any medical textbook or on WebMD or anywhere else. I must pay attention to that. My doctor is not the devil. But see, he has given me his reports. But now let us see what the word of God says. I have to go to the hospital. Like, you know, for instance, like, um, I care more about the health of others than for my own health, though. For my own health, we rugged it out, amen? <laughs> but, like, when my wife was pregnant or, when, like, um, so me is pregnant now, you have to go to the hospital for checkups and tests and all those things. It's necessary. You know, you can receive the doctor's report there, but you cannot focus on it. 
If it's something that you that you know that I, I know this one is not according to the word of God, or you now go to that word and say, What does the word of God say about this thing? And whatever the word of God says, you keep your focus on it. Hallelujah. In in hard times, we, we, we go through hard times. Truly, this year I was telling David when we, we, were, we were downstairs that a lot of people were sliding 2020. Do you remember that time? Because of COVID pandemic, it's the worst year. The worst year. No year has been as bad as this. And then meanwhile, 2022 said, hold my beer. You know that expression. It's like, chill, chill, chill. I'm coming. I'm coming. You said 2020 is the worst. I, it was so bad that they, they even made a series, a, 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 a documentary about it. Because, you know, Netflix will make anything. Praise God. <laughs> there was even one parody where they said 2020 is the devil's girlfriend. It was that bad. But 2022. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. But it shouldn't come as a shock that the year turns out this way. God told us this year that we'll have double for the troubles. See, what were you expecting, Sha? Hello, does that? Don't you want the double to come? The troubles have to come. Praise God. But the year has been really crazy. But the worst thing you can do is to keep your focus on the craziness. You must keep your focus on God's word. Because the word said double for what? The trouble. So your eye should be on where is the double. You don't need to put your focus on the trouble for it to come. It has come. All right. Where is the double? Amen. I was watching a TV series yesterday and there was somebody who, I think his, his sister had died and they were really close and I think maybe somebody killed her. I don't know what the circumstances of it was. And the guy was angry with his mom because his mom was like trying to forgive the guy that did it. And he was like, why would you forgive him? And, and she's like, that she had to let go. And he was just there arguing. And there's something that she said that, that caught me. She said that, that she doesn't think about him. She thinks about her. That's her daughter that has passed on. That's who she thinks about. That the more she thinks about her, the easier it is for her to let go of him. So it means that she had to shift her focus away from the thing that aggravated her to the thing that would make her feel better, even though the thing wasn't there anymore. It means that you you must shift your eye away from the hardness and put your eye on God's word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Faith cannot grow if your focus is not completely on God's word. It's just the truth. I'm saying these things practically. Praise God. Like, (laughs) I've never told you everything that happened, David. I've shared some things with David and Val about how my week has gone. Praise God. But, the main thing I was trying to do this week was not even to solve the problems. The main thing I was doing this week was to keep my eye on the lamb slain. Do you know why? Because, come on, uh, this word, uh, the word that Rev gave us about increased angelic activities this year, I am trying to make sure nothing takes my eye away from it. Because all it takes is a split second. All it takes is a split second for your eye to just be taken away from it. And before you know it, yeah, that thing I, I said last week, you start feeling sorry for yourself. You start saying, oh, well, maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's just for pastor and some people. After all, I've not had any testimony to give in church. Maybe it's for people like Bethel and all this. Let me tell you, eh? If your eye is focused on the lamb slain, like this Bethel's testimony, when she sent me a message, at least she told me, she sent me, Bethel now sends me special WhatsApp when she's not going to be around because she knows that she, she has to do it. If not, there's problem. Praise God. So she, she let me know that she was traveling for the testimony she had given because for the job and all. And I also, and I sent her a message, I told her that our, our, our many zeros are coming because her testimony is my testimony. If I don't have my own to give yet, 
Her testimony is my testimony. The testimony of everybody that comes here is mine. Do you know why? Because all those things are helping to keep my focus on the lamb slain. Amen? Because I don't really have any other option here. My option is I believe God or I die trying. That's my only option. And look, I am not a single man. You guys know I've been. My family is here in church. I have a wife and three children. My wife is okay. No, it's not secret family. Wife, you are safe. <laughs> we, are, we are godly men. Praise God. I have three children. And I have a wife. So I am not talking like one hippie that doesn't have responsibilities. That, oh, you know, today we'll travel to Kaduna. Today we'll travel to Kanu. We're just living the life. No. For me, I'm telling you that I would believe God or die trying. Because this is where we, we are. If I stay on this word of God and my bones dry up and you come and you see skeleton we hand on the Bible, I just know that, ah, oh, Onoche stayed on this word till he passed out. Amen? Because I don't have any other option. Like Rev said in what he said, he said, the, the, the solution to a hardness, to, to the hardship is not hard work. The solution to the hardship is Christ. Because the hardships are things that must come. They will come. There's nothing you can do about it. But the one, the one thing you can do is where to keep your focus. Hallelujah. Consequently, faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes through the preached word of God. The word of God has come forth. Amen. If it hasn't come forth, they were in trouble. But it did. Jesus Christ died. He was buried and resurrected. That is a certainty. It happened. Amen. And his word has come to us. And all he has said, he said, look at this word. Believe in this word. Take it. Glory to God. And it's, that, that leads me into, you know, where I'm going now. Let's look at James 20, James 1, sorry. James chapter 1, 21 to 25. Glory to God. He's saying, this faith comes through you hearing the preacher of Christ, right? Now let's look at what James says. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Amen. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. For... He who looks into the law, into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Amen. Let me read it from the um, new English translation. It says, so put away all filth and evil excess and humbly welcome the message implanted within you, which is able to save your souls. It says this message is able to save your souls. And it did. Hallelujah. Because that's the message you heard and received salvation. Amen. But be sure you leave out the message. That's what he's saying. Um, in, please put up verse 22. Let me be sure of where I am. Verse 22. Okay, so that's what he talk, when he's talking about being doers of the word. It says, be sure you leave out the message and not merely listen to it and so deceive yourselves. So it means that if you're just listening to the word and you're not leaving it out, you're deceiving yourself. Amen. Verse 23, he says, for if someone merely listens to the message and does not leave it out, he is like someone who gazes at his own face in a mirror. For he gazes at himself 
and then goes out and immediately forgets what sort of person he was. You know, it, Pastor Judy, I jacked this one for Pastor Judy's message. Actually, this this passage of scripture is <laughs> one of the things I jotted down. Praise God. So I'm just I'm confessing to the plagiarism per time. He uses the um, example of makeup sisters. I don't know. I've noticed that sisters have been wearing less makeup ever since Pastor Judy used to give that illustration. You guys, please just don't change. Be who you are. Hallelujah. Let me use a guy for Israel. You know, there are sometimes guys you can relate. For those of us that, okay, not you, David. For those of us that actually do hairline. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Or Kevin never usually, the carving of beard never has problem. How many of us guys here, when they want to carve here, you arrange, you, you sit still. A- anybody? Can you relate? Like when you want to carve this part of your head. If you were shaking for all the other parts, once they just reach here, you just sit still. Am I alone? Who does it? Because if they've not carved rubbish for you before, you'll not understand. There was actually a time I went to barb my hair and the guy carved my head up like this. I just had to shave everything. He was just looking ridiculous. This is not 1990s. I'm not kid and play. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, so it's like, you ever got to that point where you're trying to look at your hairline in the mirror and you go out and be like, oh, wait, is it? Okay. That, oh, is it? That's, that, that's how it feels when you hear the word and you don't do it. It's like you're not sure what you just saw. Oh, what was, was the strand here? Or was he here? Let me check again. Let me check again. Let me check again. Hallelujah. That's what he's trying to say. It's like, it's like, I wonder, come on, how many of us know what we look like? No, as far as you've seen your face, you know what you look like. I mean, at least you saw your face last week. You haven't really changed so much. Don't worry. Your eyes haven't become blue. You still remember what you look like. I mean, I haven't, have I, I, I can't remember the last I saw my face. I, maybe last week. I don't know. <laughs> Truly. What Pastor Julian was saying was there a lie, actually. Guys actually don't really look at the mirror that much. Praise God. And even when we are looking at the mirror, we are usually looking at to see whether the talking or the belt is like this. We barely look at our faces. But I still remember what I look like. I don't know if my beard, my side hair is more than the last time, but I still know what my face looks like. Imagine if I'm, I'm like... Where's my eye? Is my eye here? Is my mouth here? Do you understand? That's how ridiculous it is when you, you hear the word and you don't do it. Now, let me tell you about doing the word. Doing the word doesn't necessarily mean that you carry a shovel and you are doing something. It just means that when the word of God is implanted in your heart and issues of life come, for instance, your reaction should be the word of God. If your reaction is not the word of God, you are like someone who has forgotten what they look like. Hallelujah. Like, if I've implanted the word of God in my life concerning health, and I'm sick, and then all of a sudden I start panicking, and like, what's this, self? Ah, every time, is he only me? Is he only me? And my reaction is not by the stripes. By his stripes I am healed. You have forgotten what you look like. That's what the doing of the word is. Praise God. Okay, let me just finish that part. Uh, verse 25. It says, the one who peers to look, right, into the perfect law of liberty and fixes his attention there, does not become a forgetful listener, but the one who lives it out. He will be blessed in what he does. This part of scripture is very funny. Hallelujah. The first thing he says is, he who peers, who looks. Then he's not telling you, and does not become a forgetful listener. Do you catch it? Look and listen are definitely different. They are done by two different organs. If you look into the word of God, 
you will hear it. If you look into the word of God, you will hear the word of God constantly. Amen? That's why he said that you receive the implanted word. This word of God is not supposed to be registered in your head. It's supposed to be implanted in your heart. Because in, in Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs wrote that out of the heart flows the issues of life. It means that the things that flow out of a man flow out of the heart. Now, if you implant your heart with what the world says, when it's time for a reaction, what will come out is what the world says. But if you fill your heart with the word of God, let's look at that part of Proverbs. Don't, don't turn to me. Just leave this one up. Let me, uh, I think it's Proverbs 4. Yes. Proverbs 4. I'll just read that whole passage. 20. A, I love that passage. That passage, um, What's his name? Derek Prince, a minister of the gospel. He has gone to be with the Lord. He, he wrote a book about it. He called it, he called, he, based on that scripture, he called God's word, God's medicine bottle. Amen. I like that expression of God's word. God's word is the medicine bottle for your soul, for your body, for your spirit. Amen. Okay. I'll start from verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Hallelujah. The word of God will, will enter through your eyes. It will enter through your ears. It will be stored in your heart. And it says, for they are life to those who find them and help to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Keep the word of God in your heart. It is in that your heart where the word of God is. That when these things come up, that's where your reaction comes from. It's what's buried inside. Jesus Christ said that. Don't be worried about what, what, you, what you put inside. It's what comes out. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the word of God has to be implanted in our hearts. So that's what James is saying. He said that you peer into this perfect law of liberty. You fix your attention there. So the peering is not just, I read the word of God last week. Oh, it was nice last month what the Lord was saying. Oh, you know, two months ago, the Lord told me. No, he said, peer into it and give Fix your attention. Do you know what it is to fix? Ladies, you fix nails, right? I don't really like fix nails. I fix, I hate fix eyelashes more. <laughs> Hallelujah. Please, the fix eyelashes, they are not, uh, they are not Satan's child. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's just my own personal preference. My wife still does it. I'm always, I always yab her when she does it. It has not caused problem in our marriage yet. So I must be on the right track. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, when you fix those things and they start coming out after one day, you'll be like, ah, this thing is not original. Why? Or they didn't come into it because it's supposed to stay for at least, I don't know, one week, two weeks. <laughs> Honestly, women have some of the fantastic, most fantastic eyelashes. Or I think they do because funny enough, I don't look at a guy and pay attention to their eyelashes. But when I look at a woman, I'm paying attention to their eyelashes. And your natural eyelashes are alright. So I don't understand. And those, and those artificial eyelashes are so joined together that, ah, you don't be noticing every blinking. Every, ah, like what's going on here? Same thing with the nails. You fix it. Meaning that it's not that, uh, maybe you do like this and everything will now fall out. It's supposed to stay for some time. So when he's saying, when you get fixed, what you get is an idea of something being put in a place for at least a permanent, or at least for a long time. So when he's saying fix your attention, they're saying keep it. 
It's not that you put your eye now, remove your eye, put your eye. No, he said, fix your attention on this word of God. And if you are not a forgetful listener, you leave it out. Hallelujah. You, you, you fix your attention there. You will listen. You will hear. Hallelujah. And you will not forget because here's what happens when your heart is full of God's word. Your autopilot reaction is God's word. You notice that you're not. She was in the hospital and she asked the person, are you a Christian? Let us agree. That was her autopilot reaction. How the pilot reaction said, God, now uh, is this how I'm going to end? By toots. I wouldn't have seen it coming. I thought maybe they would have shot me or have been an accident. But toots, is this how I'm going to go? No, that's not what she said. Hallelujah. She said, what did she say? She said, if I can just, I, I, I knew, <laughs> that day was just funny. I actually said it last week. Yeah? Why did she say it? What I actually sent her was, I don't understand. Because in my mind, you just want to remove toots. But they say surgery. I just imagined that, okay, I have to just pluck toots. Now, do you understand? So immediately she now sent the message of the girl, like, okay, this one doesn't have my time right now. It's a critical matter. So as she put it there, we prayed. And the truth came out. But my, my point is that her her heart is full of the word of God concerning that. And that's what sprang out. Hallelujah. It's what is inside that will come out. You cannot come because the truth is that it becomes name it and claim it when you are just saying what they told you to say. But it is faith when you are saying what is here. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly. Meaning that something has to be deposited inside first. Amen? Glory to God. <laughs> By the way, funny story. You know, my wife had actually stabbed herself throughout last week. We found out that it was for nothing. Amen? <laughs> they told her she should stay away from food for like two days. So, well, she did chop suya, she did chop meat. I said, one day she, she was, she finished eating soup. She now even gave me her meat. So I, said, <laughs> I was just remembering all those times last week. I was like, I thought that, well, you see, you know, that's why brethren need to not be ignorant. You have to. <laughs> Praise God. Actually, she didn't know because they just, they didn't tell her specifically about the food part. They just told her after two days for something else. They didn't tell her after two days she can eat. That's how my wife was just there sucking food. Praise God. You know, that's just on our side. But, Truly, it's what's in your, in, on your inside that should come out as a reaction. Praise God. So it's important for us to continue in it. Let's, let's now look at a few scriptures. This is where I'm supposed to have come to last week. So we are finally reached there. Praise God. Matthew chapter 24. Uh, I want to focus on 13, but let's start from 9. Let's get context of what Jesus was saying here. This is Jesus. They will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. I know, it's not how you wanted it to start, right? <laughs> and you will be hated by all the nation, uh, by all nations for my name's sake. Please, let's not forget these things that Jesus said about the world's reaction to us. Um, can I afford this? I think I can. Sometimes, the church always acts like victims. Because we forget. Jesus Christ didn't say that everybody will like us. He didn't say everybody should like us. He didn't say everybody has to like us. What he did tell us for sure is that a lot of times they will be against you. So when it seems like governments and individuals are turning against the church, our reaction should not be, look at what they are doing to us. It should be like, oh, oh, Jesus said this would happen. But I don't know, I think it was in John where he told them, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's what our reaction should be. Okay, moving on. 
verse 10. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. 11. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We've already seen a lot of these things happening. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. To the end. Amen. Verse, is that the last? 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. So despite the persecution, the gospel will still be preached. Do you understand? With everything Jesus told, there were tribulations, all these things, all these things, and he said, and the gospel will be preached. So don't be afraid. Persecution against the church will not stop the gospel from being preached. Amen? Okay, so but the one I wanted to focus on was verse 13. He said, but he who endures to the end will be saved. Alright? So keep that in mind. Uh, Colossians 1, 21 to 23. Glory to God. Colossians 1, 21 to 23. And you who were, you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If, if, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. What's Paul saying here? It seems like Paul is giving us a condition for something. He's saying, hey, you know what, you are blameless, you are this, you are that. If you continue, what does it mean to continue in the faith? He says, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel. It means that, you have received faith. Alright? It means that you have received the gospel. Now that we have received the gospel, let's just go on and live normal life. I mean, we have received, that's all, right? No, but he's saying that you should continue in it. Grounded and steadfast. And he also says, and are not moved away. Move the way. You know, that was to turn yourself away from it. And it, it, it was happening a lot in the early church. Paul was not saying something in a vacuum here. In the Galatian church, it was happening. Where people who were called the circumcision came and told them that, oh no, you, you guys have to be circumcised. They were turning them away from the gospel. What's the gospel? The gospel is not you are saved by the law or you are saved by circumcision, right? Is that you are saved by faith in Christ Jesus. And people came and they were trying to turn people away from it. In this world today, people are still trying to turn you away from the gospel. Circumstances are still trying to turn you away from the gospel. Oh, but you don't try this faith thing. Come on, more, more day wise now. Hallelujah. Praise God. See, understand that the end of your faith has nothing to do with the results per se. Results will come. But your focus is not on that. Your focus is in the going. Amen. That God said, by his stripes I am healed. I will continue to say it until I see it. Even if I don't see it, I will continue to say it. Do you understand? You won't say I have had faith because I confess the word of God and it was when I now got well that I say, hey, I have faith. No. When I am on my bed, still shouting, I am the healed of the Lord. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. I have faith. When I stand up with all the strength that I have in my body, 
just to go to the fridge to collect water. And I'm saying I am healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. I am still feeling the pain. That is faith. Faith is in the going, it's not in the outcome. Abraham, his righteousness, sorry, his faith, his belief in God was accounted to him for righteousness. Had he received Isaac when that happened? Sorry. Stay there, don't move from there. I want to, because it was actually said, first of all, in the, in the recordings in the Old Testament, the so-called Old Testament. I think, um, where was it now? Is it 15? Yes, it's 15. 15, 6, right? Yeah. It says, uh, and he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. It wasn't in Romans. He said it first too. It was in Genesis. It means that Abraham's believing in God was accounted to him for righteousness. Why? Because God said, stand up and go. He stood up and went. Abraham did not live to see where God said he was going to go to. That land that he promised his people came 400 years later. Amen? Or 400 and something years later, actually. Praise God. Abraham did not see it. He did not even step into it. Praise God. But he believed God. And that belief is what was accounted to him for righteousness. Not the manifestation of it. So when... when <laughs> When God has given you his word, your act of faith is to receive the word. It's not about the manifestation. It is about God said it. We are doing it. Praise God. If you continue in the faith. When it says grounded, what does it mean to be grounded? It means that like this building here, we can say it's grounded because it is set in a foundation. You can, unless you are the incredible hawk, you can run from this place to that place and ram your shoulder into the wall. It will not fall. Hallelujah. Why? Because it is grounded. It is steadfast. It is held together. That's what the uh, the Bible is saying we should do here. That we should continue in the faith. We should be grounded in the faith. We should be steadfast in the faith. We should be immovable in the faith. We should not be moved away from the gospel. It means that these things that we have believed in, in this new Christian reality, through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, no matter what the circumstance is, we must stay on it. I'm sick in my body. I'm staying on it. There's no money in my account. I'm staying on it. They said this and that about the economy. I am staying on it. Amen? Praise God. That's, that's, that's why James was saying what he was saying. We fix our attention on the word of God. That's how you stay steadfast in the faith. Is that, oh, no matter what happens, the constitution I'll follow is the word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, let's move on. Maybe we'll still come back here, but let's see. Um, Hebrews chapter 3 from verse 5 to 6. Glory to God. We must continue in the faith. The faith that God has given us is not a last year faith, a last month faith. It is a now faith. Hallelujah. Okay. It says, and Moses indeed was faithful. Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterward. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. Here's another reference to end. There's something about end, amen? Like I said last week, is that you will have faith, you will continue to speak the word until you see it. That's, let's say that that is the end of that situation. Until, there are either two things that will happen. Until I see the manifestation, until or until I die, waiting for it, I will continue to speak the word. 
if it's, if it's to die, I, I know why I'm saying this. I know it sounds extreme, but please let us think about it extremely. Until my last breath, I will continue to speak the word. I say, bro, 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 you're dying. I am the healed of the Lord. I am healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. Amen. We are supposed to hold fast to it. What does it mean to hold fast in this King James language? Let me look at it literally. To hold fast means to hold something strongly. Amen. If, if, if maybe I'm feeling dizzy and I want to fall, my reflex reaction will be to hold this pulpit very tight so that it can support my weight. Amen. That was it means. Say, hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope. Firm to the end. Firm to the end. Amen. If the house is falling apart, I hold firmly to it to the end. <laughs> I have to practice that a lot this week. That's why I said I have to, I was trying to put my focus on the word of God because I'm trying to hold firmly to something. I'm not going to allow this word that God has given me for this end of the year to just slip away from me. Because let me tell you something. There's a reason why the Bible continues to tell us steadfast, hold firm, all those words it's using. Because these things must be held tightly. Paul told Timothy that he should fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight. It's a fight. Hallelujah. A lot of us have gone through circumstances this year. They were not clean fights. Hallelujah. Some of us have almost been bedridden. Do you think it's a, do you think it's, it's play? It's not you throwing sand on your friend at the playground or rolling tire. Hallelujah. It's a fight where somebody has punched your eye and your eye is swollen and the person is coming with a knife and you have to block it. Do you understand? We want to do fight choreography. Hallelujah. I'm not, we don't teach people how to fight. Praise God. But what I'm saying is that it's a fight. That's why he's saying hold firm to this thing to the end. Praise God. Let, let's go down uh, to verse 12. Read from verse 12 to 15. Same chapter. Glory to God. Okay. Hebrews chapter 3 from 12 to 15. Glory. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Hallelujah. See what I mean? This faith is a today thing. It's not a last year thing. It means that, okay, me, me, me and Williams, let's say me and Williams, we talk and he had issues and, and you know, we, we shared the word last week. It, it means that today we should share again. And, and please, you don't have to wait till you have a problem. I remember at the time you were telling us about the, the horse and the donkey analogy for, you know, the promise and the oath that God gave to Abraham. I don't really know that we were trying to address any issue. We're just talking. Just the word. He said, exhort one another daily. Not even weekly. Meaning that the exhortation you should receive from the word is not just what you receive from here on Sunday or on Wednesday. It means that once in a while, just, just oh, you know, came, this scripture came to my mind, though. And the person brings the interpretation of the scripture. Oh, wow. See, this is what God has been sharing with me. Share. Exhort one another daily. You don't have to be a pastor to exhort one another daily. Hallelujah. You don't even need to be a teacher to exhort. It didn't say teach. Or exposite. Or, or share remember. It says, exhort one another daily. While it is called today. Why? Lest any of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. The deceitfulness of sin is unbelief. It's always waiting at your door. Hallelujah. That's why you should hold firm to your faith. Because unbelief is at the corner. Should I tell you why? Every circumstance that you go through in life is an opportunity for unbelief 
to lactic hold of you. He doesn't need too much. You know, it's like some people will say, "Oh, I, I, if I could only just get one million naira, then I'll, I'll then I'll, 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 I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll take you out." Amen. Just, just, just buy buka rice for him first. I think you can eat buka rice. It's good. It's food. Don't wait till one million. Hallelujah. Because that's how I know that truly you don't want to do anything for me. Amen. But see, unbelief doesn't even need one million. Unbelief just needs fifty kobo. Unbelief doesn't need to hold your leg. All he needs is your little toe. Funny enough, speaking about little toe, just a pain in your little toe can make you feel you have cancer. All of a sudden, he said, ah, this is my toe. I read one place that when your toe starts paining, there's this guy I know. Ah, something that happened this week. I can't remember what was happening. It's always a sidecar. I can't remember where it was. And then this lady, ah, when she just said it, I was like, come on. I just rolled my eyes. Have you ever been in that kind of situation where, um, I can't remember what happened. Let's say something had happened that you should just say, oh, wow, that's too bad. And continue. But they say, eh, I even remember one of my friends like that. That's how the thing happened to her. I said, calm down. In my mind, all this is like, what's wrong with you? Just leave it alone. Just let it go. Do you understand? So your, your little toe starts spinning you. And you now say, ah, I remember that my uncle in the village. That's how he stepped on something in the village. And that's how it started. His little toe. Do you know that unbelief has entered? Oh no, it has not started to enter. It has already entered. Because watch the next things you say. So, you finish saying all those things, and you now say, oh, ah, I'm the healed of the Lord. Do you know that you are not? Do you know that that's, I'm the healed of the Lord? There's no faith in it. You have expelled all the faith with all the other things. Your little toe is paining you. Ah, and I'm the healed of the Lord. Well, no, come here. Get out of my leg, you pain, in the name of Jesus. And continue your daily activities. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because all unbelief needs is just a little inch. That's why I said, exhort one another daily. If you are full of the word, your reaction will be the word of God. It's not magic. Truly. It's not magic. Amen? It's because I'm, I, I, I try to close my ears from a lot of things. And I try to open my ears to the word of God. That's why I react the way I react. Whenever I realize that I'm starting to react carnally, I start to check myself. Like, when last did you hear the word of God? When last did you read? Yes. Yes. Pastor Notch, the anointing is for you. It's not for me. Hallelujah. Do you know, I believe I'm anointed to teach. I don't need to prepare for a message to preach to you. And you'll be blessed. But you know it would be foolish of me to think that that's how I should live my life. I'll now go home and be waiting for anointing. To, no, it, <laughs> you'll just hear that I died and I died and fell inside God. Hallelujah. With all my anointing. Elijah, Elisha was anointed. He died of illness. With his dead body still raised somebody from the dead. The anointing is not for me. I live by the word of God, just like you. And I start to feel dryness when I have stayed away from the word of God, just like you. Hallelujah. We stay in it. Praise God. Let's continue. Verse 14. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. If we hold the beginning of our confidence, steadfast to the end. What's the beginning of our confidence? This word that we received. This same word that we received that gave us eternal life. This same word that we have received that will keep us in eternal life. We will hold steadfastly to it to the end. Amen? I've, and listen, eh? it's not horror stories. I don't 
No, let me share it. You will, you will hear it somewhere else. So it's better you hear it here where I can give you a conclusion to it. I've met people and I've served with people in church, especially on my campus years that they were on fire for the Lord. And then they stopped coming to church. And some years later, we'll see them. We'll like, we'll, we'll try to say, ah, won't you come to church? Uh, you know, no, I've heard all those things. I've heard all those things. So, you know, we did all these things now. We, uh, we went to preach to people. Ah, come on now. We've, we've done all these things. They say it as though they've moved to something else. And they have. But I don't know what else you want to move to from the gospel. It's the only way. That's the highest place. Anything that anything else is a downgrade. I don't care how... Um, and, and um, intellectually enlightened you are, you are downgrading. So don't think that it's impossible for people to shift away from this gospel. If it wasn't impossible, Paul wasn't saying don't be moved away from it. A lot of people have been moved away from it. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. He said we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Next verse. While it is said, this is quoting a scripture, Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. Praise God. See, God is telling us, stay in this thing. And, and I'm so glad about the theme of camp meeting this year. It says, continue in grace. It means that, see, yeah, you are looking for a new rema. It's all good. But continue in the one that you have heard. Amen? See, I, I'm somebody that God has revealed words to. And I, I realize that at the end of the day, at the core of these words that seem like they are new, is still the things that we have heard. What I'm saying to you now, I've taught it so many times, and it still feels fresh to me, because it is God's word. See, our minds are funny, and they are strange things. In, in school, let me even ask you, we, we don't do it with our canal life. I don't know why we do it spiritually. I, I studied medicine and surgery for four years. In medicine and surgery, it's practically a sin not to read. When I'm saying not to read, I'm not saying that you read today and maybe the next two days like you've tried. No, you must read every day. If you don't read every day, something is wrong with you. So me, I'm not a, I don't, I don't know who carried me to enter that course because I'm not, I'm not an ethical kind of guy. Do you understand? But as in, I saw myself, I never knew I could go from TDB to lecture the next morning. You know what they call TDB? When you go to class, you read till like 4, 5 a.m. Then you go sleep for like two hours, bath, and go to class. I used to do it nearly every day. Of course, I used to sleep through most of it. That's why I learned that, see, if sleep they catch you, you go sleep. There were desks in the law faculty where, you know those kind of desks that the, 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 the desk is connected to the chair. So you just raise it up, or then you sit down, you now close it. I could sleep comfortably on that chair. I know I was not smaller than this, I was big. I look like, you just imagine, you see somewhere like Incredible Hulk sitting down on the children's chair. That's how I looked on the chair. But I used to sleep. But I'll read. Amen? But in our normal academic work, we have to read every day so that the thing will stay fresh or until we've implanted it in our minds. But why do we take the word of God as though it's something that I can just get some sweetness three months ago and live on that for the rest of the year? It doesn't work that way. Honestly, you will get to, and it has happened to me before. You get to a place where it's almost as if you have forgotten the word. Like it's like you'll be telling yourself that ah, it'd be like say the word used to say I'm healed by this. You will be like that. Honestly, it's me. It has happened to me. It is not impossible for it to happen that you can you can be away from the word of God so long that you practically forget those things that are supposed to be normal to you. 
Then you will not tell people that ah, it doesn't work. We've tried it. And that's your problem. Your problem is that you tried it. As though God's word is, is sweet that you put inside your mouth and you didn't like it and you spat it out. Hallelujah. When you lick sweet, you lick it, lick it, lick it. I don't know how... I suspect people that lick sweet until the sweet is so thin that you can't see it. I believe that sweet must be chewed at some point. <laughs> Amen? It's the right thing to do. <laughs> if you lick sweet to the end, we need to cast out the spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm just joking. But you lick it until the thing has finished. Hallelujah. Nobody spews. Even when the sweet has reached the smallest part, you don't spit it out. It's only chewing gum you spit out. And some people will, they will milk all the juice out of the gum until the gum has not become hard. There's no, there's no moisture inside anymore. But my point is that you, you, you soak everything out of it. It's the same thing you should do to the word of God. God's word is not complaining though. You will read the word of God until almost all the, all the letters are drying up in your eye. Then you go and buy a new Bible and you start again. You will mark the Bible, mark it, mark it. Then you want to come and mark it. Say, ah, this word, oh, I've marked it before. Ah, have I seen this thing before? Then you will now mark it another color. Hallelujah. You mark, mark, mark until you can't see the red again. Then you go and buy another Bible. Then you, you, ah, ah. my Bible just has too many papers inside now. But this one never tear away. I, I need my Bible to rugged. Do you understand? I need it to rugged like I've, I've manhandled this Bible so much. I've turned the pages so many times. Hallelujah. Oh, I, I was supposed to do it for, no, it's not for sure. What I'm saying is that weary your Bible is there for you. It's not there for under your pillow. Here in Savannah, we know that your Bible under your pillow does not offer as much protection as a toothpick. Hallelujah. It, 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 a toothpick will hurt a, a, a rubber in the eye better than a Bible under your pillow. This didn't change. It was the way you looked at it that changed. Do you notice that some of you actually received your healing before the manifestation? Do you know that some of you actually believed you were healed even before the pain went? That you just... Ah, oh, glory. <laughs> glory to God. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hold myself. Hallelujah. There was a time I was feeling sick when I was on campus. I remember this one very well because the pain was so terrible. I had never felt that kind of pain before. I I don't know how... It, 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 if I stood in a particular way, it would be as if somebody stabbing me with a knife. It was that bad. Hallelujah. So I would, I would, I would have to carry my body in a particular way. So I was on my bed and I was studying my foundation Bible school notes. And I said, you know what? I, I, I know now. And I just started speaking the word of God. I said, I'm healed by the stress of God. I'm healed. I just started laughing. I'll continue speaking. The pain will still be there. I said, no. I now stood up. By four, by four, I said, let me boil rice. I decided to boil rice out there. I just said, just to move around. So my friends came, they visited, we just shared words and everything. So they said they were going up campus. I said, okay, I'm coming. And I just followed them. I was still feeling that sharp pain. Because if I, there was a way I would move, I would feel it. There was a way I would move, I won't feel it. So now my, I would have been looking very weird that day as I was walking. I said, oh, so we trekked to our school secretariat. That day, there was one net that was out. It's not my business to fix it though. I said, no, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm the healed of like climb chair. I started doing things. I was just doing things, just to do things. Hallelujah. Then we wakad went to go and see another sister, of which, well, that the visit turned out to be very fruitful because she cooked one correct jello fries and fish. So I just sat down and ate. By the time I was eating, I was not really thinking about the pain anymore. It was still there. But if that's where, you know where they say somebody has blacked out? That's kind of, I think, where I blacked out. I don't know, maybe it was the food. Because the food was really tight. And we finished eating, we're gisting everything, went back to our room, slept. 
woke up. It was the next morning when I was going to school that I, I was like, oh, wait, oh, there was a pain here. I didn't feel the pain again. Honestly, I can't tell you where it stopped. I can't tell you where I stopped feeling it. Because at a point, I just blacked out. Hallelujah. A lot of us, it has happened to us like that. We just black out. And it's almost as if somebody has to remind us that, ah, I thought you said your head was spinning you. Oh, it's true. Am I, am I related to somebody here? See, do you know what happened? You took your focus away from the pain and kept it on the word of God. The more you kept saying, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. Your focus went on the word of God. Hallelujah. That's what God wants us to do. He said, see, can you just, if you keep looking at this, your bank account with bad eye, it will just keep getting drier. Can you just leave this bank account for a moment? The bank account is not the issue. Do you know that money can come to you through something else other than your bank account? Do you know the person that wants to give you a job can say, oh, you know, ah, sorry, I don't trust bank, but can I give you cash? Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you know the person can ask you that, ah, I, I don't, I, I can't really access cash right now. Is there something you need that I can use to pay you? Hallelujah. See, keep your eye on God's word. The more you keep your eye on God's word, the more you will think about God's word. And the more you think about God's word, the less you think about other things. That's probably why you've not received the thing you're asking God for. Because you're too fixated on it. I know. People say, oh, what is your desire? Let God know your desire. Okay, let him know and leave it now. Can you leave the desire and look at the word you're standing on for it? If you're saying, oh God, I need this particular thing. Okay, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Focus on that. Hallelujah. You need a phone. The more you focus on that phone, the more it will be like sand in your, in your fist. It will keep slipping away. But it is not the phone that will bring the phone. It is God's word that will bring it. So what do you do? You open that word that you are standing on. Well, I don't know, whatever word God has put in your heart. Let's say, oh, Jesus Christ became poor for my sake. Now, through his poverty, I am rich. Keep your eye on that one. Leave phone. Because the phone said that you are looking at. God knows that that's not the one you want. You just don't know the one you want. I am bringing the one you want. Keep your eye on me. Amen? What is it that you want? What is it I believe in God for? To go to camp meeting. Oga, make up your expectations for camp meeting. Stop worrying about how you get there. Keep your eye on God. Because yesterday, um, okay, well, yeah, as I yesterday, we didn't really have transfer money to come to church. So I just remember that I didn't tell my wife, I didn't tell her. I told her that this is the second time it's happening this year that by Sunday morning, I don't yet know how I'll come to church. So, I said, okay, what do we do on Sunday morning when we want to go to church? Is that, this morning, I don't know what I, was, what I was doing. We didn't get to sleep well because of Maxine. So, I just went, I just got up and started playing game. I play game, play game, play game. My alarm rang. I put up my alarm. I can't, it's, after, it's 15 minutes after that I realized that, oh, I, that alarm is, is when I'm supposed to go and cook. <laughs> so, normally, I, I cook rice in the morning. The, the children have their bath. We wear our clothes. So, I said, what do we do when we want to go to church? I did those things. We are in church this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. The same thing for camp meeting. What are you supposed to do? You have, we, Pastor Jide prayed with us two Sundays ago and we agreed that those of us that want to fly to camp meeting will fly to camp meeting. Abby? Okay, so God has, God is doing his part. What is your own part? Have you washed? Have you washed your clothes that you are carrying to camp? Have you bought the traveling bag that you are going with? Have you packed your shoes? Have you, do you understand what I'm saying? What are the things you would do if you were going to camp meeting? Let's say you had that ticket now. And all you, that's all you, 
Do you understand? What are the things that you're supposed to do to prepare? Start doing those things. Oh, you're supposed to build an expectation. Don't waste all your time that you're supposed to use to build expectation to receive from God on, will the tickets come? Will he not come? You have asked God, let God do his part. Can you prepare for camp? Hallelujah. That's what I'm saying. Say, oh, but Pastor Notch, what will happen if after all my preparation, oh, stop asking me those questions, please. Prepare for camp meeting. I am not God. Me too. When Pastor Didi prayed that prayer for us, I was so happy because, funny enough, let me even share this. I was outside. It was after the word, Abby. So I was outside. I was sitting down. I was listening. And I was, as I sat down outside, I was thinking, ha, oh, how will these tickets come? Just like a few seconds after I thought that is when Pastor Didi brought up that prayer point. Ah, if you see the way I sprang up from my seat, as far as I was just waiting for Pastor Didi to say, I, I raised my hand, hallelujah, and me have received it just like you. And I, I was telling my wife this week that, ah, that the battle I'm fighting this week is to try to stop thinking about how it will come. Because that thinking about how it will come starts to bring out doubt. We, we, as I told so that, you know what, let's just be thanking God. God has done his part. Let's just thank him for what he has done. Hallelujah. And then I prepare for camp meeting. Me, I've already taken my leave. And I told myself in my heart that uh, there is no way I'm spending my leave in Portacot. I am going to camp meeting. Me, self, I don't even have a choice. And I cannot leave my wife behind. I'll never hear the last of it. So we are going for camp meeting. How will it happen? It's not my business. Me, I've done my part. My father said, ask and you shall receive. I have asked him. He has said, oh, you know what? Just ask me anything in the name of my son. I have done so. He said, if two or more agree, I have agreed. Honestly, I think I've done my part. So my own is to prepare. Let me share my, my week itinerary with you. I'm going to put all my affairs in order in the office. I'm going to wash my camp meeting clothes on Wednesday. I am going to pack on Friday. And I am going to camp on Saturday. That's my plan. God has arranged it for me. And yes, did I mention, I've not even paid for accommodation. I will not sleep on the streets. My wife and my three children will sleep inside the hotel during this camp meeting. Again, <laughs> somebody prepared it for you. Let me tell you. I've thought about, I thought about a lot of people like I ask you. I said, oh, no road, dear. We are here with God. Hallelujah. It's not a big deal. We will sleep sound. We will go to camp and we will receive what God has for us. Because that's the end game here. What, what I'm saying is that if you have believed God, believe God. Eh? And allow God to do his work. Stop trying to do his work with him. Because if you try to struggle with God's work for him, he will leave it for you. And then you come and you say, eh, well, I tried. It didn't work. Eh, well, it didn't work. Because you can't bring it to pass, but God can. So can we allow God bring it to pass? Hallelujah. Let's rise. Stay in this faith. Continue in it. Keep your eye on the lamb sling. There is nothing you can achieve by yourself. Everything that you receive in this life, everything that you do in this life. The eternal life that you will manifest in this life is by faith in Christ Jesus. By his death, burial, and resurrection. Let's just give God thanks this morning. I just declare, say, Lord, I continue in this faith. Lord, I am steadfast. For the areas where I feel like I am not holding strong enough to the faith, Lord, give me strength. Because to even hold on to the grace, it is by grace. Lord, I lean on your grace. I yield to your grace to hold on to this faith.
to be steadfast in this faith, to be strong in this faith. I yield to your grace, Lord, to keep my eye on the lap sleep, not on my efforts, not on my works. In the hardships that seem to be happening all around me, I am not leaning on hard work, but I am leaning on Christ. I am leaning on Christ. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I'll just lift up our hands and give God thanks for his word. Let's thank him. Let's thank him. And let's make a commitment. Lord, I choose to continue in your grace. I choose to continue in your grace. Look, it's a choice. It's what you choose to do. Nobody's going to force you to do it. Nobody's going to put nobody puts a gun to your head and say, No, you must do it. God doesn't. It's your choice. Amen. Scripture. Uh, uh, God was talking to the children of Israel. He said, I said before you today, life and death. But I'm, I'm encouraging you. I'm advising you. I am what? Another word. Choose life that you may live. So declare this morning, Lord, I choose to continue in this grace in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please let's have our seats. Glory to God. Can we appreciate Pastor Notch? How, how, how many of us agree that that was a word in season? Hallelujah. Honestly, I was blessed. Uh, I was blessed inside down, upside down, right side up. Glory to God. And I want to encourage it for every one of us. You know, what, one of the things that struck me and which is, uh, let's continue in God's word. Let's stay in God's word. Let's continue to look at God's word. Continue to speak God's word. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, there was something he said that, 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 um, that struck me. You, and, and I notice a lot of time people do it. I don't know, sometimes almost an unconscious reaction. You know, when somebody says, for, let me give you an example. Somebody says, ah, you know, the way my back is paining me, the thing is just like I said, they are tricky. Don't say it again. I know exactly what you are talking about. I know how it's, it, 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 like I said, they are tricky. The thing is going up like this. Abby. I know that feeling. <laughs> you are in big trouble because your focus is not on God's word. See, let's come to a place where we have so imbibed God's word. When somebody is talking about it, even if you say you know it, they are saying, no, I choose not to know it. This is what I choose to know what God's word says. Amen. Paul was telling the, uh, uh, I think Corinthians, he said, well, he was talking about something different, but it's still the same, same, same line. He said, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. You know what he was saying? He said, all these rubbish people are doing, all these misbehaviors people are misbehaving, all these, uh, um, uh, um, he said, I've chosen that. Look, when I look at you, I look at you with the eyes of Christ. I look at you with the finished works of Jesus. Come to a point where every situation in your life, you look at it through the eyes of the cross. When somebody is telling, when, when people are recounting bad experiences, don't be, don't be in a hurry, or don't be, don't be too, um, what's the word now? Don't be too ginger, eager to say, no, 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 I know what you're talking about. Me too. You know, in 1967, when, 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 when the Biafra war was going on, in fact, at that time, before my mother was born, I, 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 I know what you're talking about now. I said, no, no, listen to me. Hey, hey, I know what you're talking about. I, I've been there before. Hey, be there in God's word. Be there in God's word. 
choose that I choose to know nothing except what Christ has done for me. Amen. When you're choosing, when you're saying that, look, I, I know what, I, I don't know why this, that, when he's, when he was talking, that part was one that struck, really struck me hard. When you're saying, I know what you're going to, oh, I, you, is that what, is that what scripture says? You know, that means that you're, that's what you're focused on. Amen. Hallelujah. For, for most mothers in this hall, uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know, you can be talking to somebody, I mean, I can be talking to David, and I'm, um, we're, we're just saying, but what corner of your eyes? You're following your, Baby, I love over the place. And then it's like, hey, don't do that. Hey, sorry, Jerry, I'm listening to you. But the color of your eyes is with him. You know, a lot of times that's what we do. They'll say, oh, I'm focused. Oh, it's my eyes are on Jesus. But the color of your eyes, they're looking at the problem. Have you gone? Have you gone? Are you still there? No, focus on him. Focus on him. And some of the ways you know you're focused on him is when you can't. You stop relating to your bad experiences. You stop relating to your failures. You stop relating. You stop seeing. You stop seeing your. You stop. You stop identifying with people's failures. I mean, I don't. I, I, I don't even get the picture. I'm saying. You stop identifying as your own. There's no. There's no pleasure in uh, doing anko with um, bad things. As I say, I have, I have been through it before. You said, have been through it before. I know what I know. I know. I know it more than you. The own is small. Huh? If you see my own, ah, huh? yeah. Glory to God. Let's encourage each other with God's word. Somebody's coming. To, I'm telling you a problem. You even know how you you you've expressed it before, but be in a hurry to tell them how you got out of it, not how you experienced it. Be in a hurry to tell them how you got out of it. That's sharing God's word. Remember, I, I remember when I was serving uh, uh, NYC. I know our time is gone. And my eyes are on the clock. I remember when I was serving there, I said, there was this brother, funny, I think it's from around, okay, I think it's from Bielsa. They're the ones that bear those names. Fine country. That's his name, fine country. You know, every time fine country saw you, every time fine country, he was a member of um, um, BLW. Every time fine country saw you on campus, uh, on, on, in camp, even now doing our service here, every time I know it, when I say fine country, fine country is going to just me scriptures. And I don't know, you might be talking about the, you may be talking about astronauts or talking about politics or something. Honestly, it, it was always an amazement to me. Before you know it, just find country not bringing scriptures to it. You know the scriptures say that this, 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 this. And, and he's laughing at, <laughs> you know, I just read the scripture this morning. I said this. See, make it a happy, just scriptures. When you see people, when you see one another, exalt, exalt, speak God's word. Make it a practice. Let's speak God's word. Let's encourage one another. Glory to God. I stop. I'm still preaching my message on Wednesday. So, for those of you who come and hear me preach on Wednesday, I achieve I that. In. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. Connect with Savannah Grace Chapel Port Harcourt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SGC Port Harcourt and download our messages free on Telegram at t.me forward slash SGC Port Harcourt.